Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome again to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're continuing a short series on expectations. What are people looking for in a youth pastor or a student ministry worker? Last time, we had a volunteer, someone who chooses to spend their time working with students and wondered what were they looking for in a youth pastor, and that conversation was with Amanda Bowman. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking with Lori Klein. Lori, among other things, is a parent, and that's the perspective that we're looking at today. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, let me encourage you just to like, review, and share it with others. Uh, We're always wanting to expand our reach, and God has been blessing in some big ways. We're seeing downloads increase, and that's great, but the main thing is that we want to connect with other student ministry workers. We're all about the the full-time, part-time, bivocational, and volunteer student ministry worker, and especially those that are in the mid to small-sized churches. And so if you know somebody who fits into that category, please uh, share the podcast with them. It'll be a, a great way for us to connect, and we can tell them all about some of the different things that we have going. Now, one of the the places that's always supportive to us is Central Baptist College of Conway. They're our podcast partner, and I just encourage you that if you have students that are getting close to that college age, trying to figure out what's next in their life, have them reach out at cbc.edu. They'll have a lot of information there, and CBC is challenging, engaging, inspiring. It's a place where the student can learn about their vocation, but grow in their relationship with God as well. And so we just want to encourage you to have your students reach out to cbc.edu. Now, again, on today's podcast, we have with us Lori Klein. I've known Lori for a number of years. We went to Central Baptist College together, and that's where we first connected. Uh, but Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, Lori is, among other things, the wife of Drew Klein. He's the pastor at South City Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. She's also the host of the Lori Klein Show that airs through LifeWord.org, and I encourage you to reach out and find that. Now, again, one of the main reasons that we wanted her to be on the podcast today was her perspective as a parent, Uh, but there have been a number of other things in her life, and one of those is she's done some radio and communications work. So if you listen to our podcast on a regular basis and you hear her talk, you're probably going to recognize her as the voice of our intro and our outro. And I just want to say thank you for that, Lori. It it adds just a certain flair to our podcast, and that means a lot. Oh, you're welcome. I love doing it. Of course, uh, it's fun to have my voice there. So thank you. One of the things that was important to me as we looked into this podcast is that uh, 
Well, ministry is often dominated by those that, that are male. I mean, we know that. That's the reality. And there's a place for that um, as we look at the role of pastor and what that looks like. But I also know that many of our volunteers, many of those that work with students on a regular basis, they're, they're female. And so I love having your voice as we kick off the program each day as that, that reminder. And that means a lot to me. Well, yeah. I want our, our listeners to get to know you a little bit better as we get into today's uh, conversation. And so could you start by sharing how you came to know Jesus? Absolutely. Um, so I was a preacher's kid. And so I was raised in the church. I was raised in small uh, little country churches. So I was always around faith. I was always around the message of the gospel. So I was very familiar with Jesus, that he died for me and um, worship and uh, Sunday school, just all the things of growing up, you know, VBS in the summer. And I was really young when I came to the point of, you know, in my heart, recognizing that, hey, this is something that I want to be a part of more than just something I want to know about. Um, so I was actually eight years old. And I remember um, talking to my parents about, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready to be saved. Like, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to be in my heart, you know. And, and so I remember having this conversation and I wanted to get it right. I didn't want to miss a step. So I literally had a piece of paper and I wrote down step by step, okay, I need to recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm in need <laughs> of saving and I need to confess and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for all that I've done. And, you know, and then I need to, you know, to say, you know, Jesus, I, I believe that you you, uh, you know, were, were, were uh, crucified and, and buried and you rose again on the third day. You know, so I had all these little steps and that I, I, I thought, okay, if I get all this right, I'm going to, you know, be saved. And so I remember going over those steps with my parents and they would pray with me, but they wanted, you know, it wasn't anything that they did for me. They wanted it to be my prayer and from my heart. So as we were having conversations about all of it, I remember the night that I actually prayed and asked Jesus into my heart, I didn't use my list. And so, <laughs> so which is actually really good for me because, you know, I always go back to that because we, we want to get it so right. Um, and the thing is, it's not about what we do right. It's about what Jesus has done for us. And mm -hmm. so I go back to that and realize, you know, man, I I'm glad I didn't just go through my checklist. I'm glad that it really was a prayer from my heart. And it was something that I knew in that moment, man, I gave my life to the Lord, you know, and from this moment on, I know my life is His, whatever that looks like, even at a young age, you know, I wanted to just give my life to Jesus. And so I can always look back and go, I didn't use my checklist. And that was probably a good thing that I was just like, you know, the Lord just kind of moved in my heart. And um, so, yeah, I was, I was really young, but that's, that's my, my salvation experience. So do you still make those sort of lists? I do, but not, I'm not rigid. I'm not a rigid list maker. I am, um, I, I'm a little bit more scattered. So I might have a lot of lists and then I have lists to try to keep up with my list at times, <laughs> but I really do. Um, I think there's always been a piece there of, um, just wanting to be sure I get things right. You yeah. know, I really yeah. do. But then as I have journeyed through life, 
I also fully, fully embrace grace and freedom in the chaos (laughs) of life, you know, that that Jesus, the fact that he said, peace be still in the midst of the storm, like I, I, I hang on to that because yeah. there, we can try to control and get it, get it right so much, but very rarely can we, you know, for sure on our own, we cannot. So um, anyway, so I'm not, a, I'm not a very crazy list maker. Well, you mentioned the word journey and, and I want us to kind of step a little bit further through your journey is as you grew up, who invested in your life during those student ministry years, those teenage years? Yeah. So um, with my dad being a pastor, um, that those just going back a little bit before those teen years, my dad was a pastor when I was little and growing up, kind of the, you know, up until about 12, really those preteen, that preteen season. And um, my parents went through a divorce. And so we kind of, we were split and went to a different church that had a youth pastor. So previously, you know, in my younger years, the people that spoke into my life were those, those teachers, those vacation Bible school directors, and, and, and just honestly, the family of God, women and, and, and men that were just around me that loved me and cared for me and kept pointing me towards truth in different ways. But after my parents divorced and we were at a, a different church, me and my brother have uh, stepped into a youth group really for the first time. Like, I mean, we had had youth activities growing up, but th- we stepped into this youth group experience um, unlike we had ever known. And so they're very, and, and it, I'm so thankful for that season because I was just stepping into that age. I was in that, you know, seventh grade time of life. And then my family, of course, just falling apart. So I was in desperate need of that support system of what a youth group offers. And um, so the leaders there, that youth pastor, you know him well, Donnie Parrish uh, was my youth pastor. And and he just welcomed us with open arms. I mean, I, I'll never forget that first Sunday going there, you know, um, just a very fragile that, you know, we were, we were fragile in, in, in that, in, in that season and walking in and him just looking us straight in the eye and just saying, Hey, I need you in my choir. I need you in my youth group, you know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) You know, I am there. And so from that day forward, we were plugged in, you know, we were plugged in and those youth leaders, um, sponsors, the chaperones, Lord bless their heart. You know, all of those, all of those people that took their vacation time. And you know what I'm talking about? Those volunteers that spend their time caring for and loving for kids or loving on kids. Oh my goodness. That was, that was my lifeline to the Lord. You know, it really was, that was that support system. It really was. They just pointed me every, every corner just kept pointing me to Jesus. Having grown up a, a preacher's kid, like my poor daughter, um, <laughs> as well as some of the other things and, and where you're at now, I think, you you know, being a, a, a pastor's wife, uh, growing up a preacher's kid, uh, having served alongside of, of your husband, Drew, for, for so many years, I think you bring a unique perspective to this conversation and unique perspective on ministry. So just maybe tell us a little bit about your life and ministry over the years. So our lives in ministry together. So Drew and I 
<clears throat> met at CBC, like you and your sweet, precious wife. And, um, and so we knew we were both on the same page of, hey, we just want to follow what God wants us to do. I knew from my college years, I wanted to go, my degree was in communications and radio. I knew I wanted to go into radio. I wanted to go into Christian radio. He knew he wanted to sing and write, but all of that within within the lane of Christian ministry, you know, within, within that world. And so um, our early years, we actually, he was working for churches as a music director and then a youth pastor. So we were actually, it was actually a youth pastor's wife just for a little season, <laughs> a little season there. And then after a few lock-ins, we were like, nope, that's it. An- <laughs> but um, anyway, so our early marriage, we were working with kids and and just ministry has always been a, a piece of our journey. And so from there, you know, God kind of, um, he called us into some different areas. Like I said, my passion was always radio. So God uh, and Drew's was music ministry from a performance standpoint, from writing and singing. And so that took us down a path of him in an artist world of singing, traveling, writing, producing. And during those same years, a door opened for me to step into radio. So we were in Houston, Texas, and I was at KSBJ Radio in Houston. And we were there for about six years. And God just um, used us in in that realm, you know, of, of, of ministry and connecting with people. Uh, and then fast forward, you know, the next kind of decade plus, um, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, and again, ministry was always a part there. Like we were involved in churches. Uh, he was leading worship. Um, we were connected. I was actually, you know, chaperoning youth trips, you know, for our church, and we were understanding again more and more of just man the importance of community, the importance of linking arms with the body of Christ and these families. And so we've always carried that with us. Even when we were in Tennessee, we moved and I was more on the label side of things, working with artists and uh, promoting records to radio. And Drew was leading worship and always in ministry with the church, as well as singing and writing. And, And so ministry has just always been, you know, it's just always been a part of who we are. It's been our foundation, you know, um, and as God has opened the doors, we've just kind of uh, followed wherever he has led us to go. And so fast forward to where we are in this season, God was always stirring Drew's heart to pastor. And I kept saying, well, hey, that's what you do. You are you are a worship music pastor. You pastor people. Because <laughs> right, right. I wasn't necessarily signing up to be pastor's wife. And um, <laughs> And so, you know, you know how God moves. He, in and out of every season, as we transition to this season that we're in now, God just made it very clear the call and and he opened the doors. It wasn't something we went looking for. Like he has a way of stirring our hearts and in and out of seasons, um, we just could feel the Lord moving and shifting our heart to a new season, you know, and, and in that there would be questions, there would be the unknown about the future, but then a door would open and we'd right, be like, right. okay, that's it. That's, that's the thing. And so to where we are now, I mean, as far as ministry, it's always been the foundation. Everything that we have done has been within the foundations of pushing the gospel, 
getting the gospel out to the world, whether, you know, through produced, you know, music records within churches, within communities, small groups. And yeah, it's, it's just always been, it's who we are. We, we gave our life to the Lord and there was a point where we're like, okay, our life is yours. So it's always been in the confines of, of a ministry um, filter, you know. Now, um, as you mentioned, some of your work with artists on the label side and, and helping them present their message and, and to mm-hmm. share that. Who are some of those artists that you worked with along that time? So that was um, in the early 2000s. So, um, and I went from being on the radio in Houston to working at Word Records in Nashville. And so at that time, you know, Word Records had anywhere from like 25 to 30 artists. There's a lot of different different uh, categories of artists within a record label. You know, you might have more on the rock side. You would have a little bit more inspo. You'd have something that would be more adult contemporary. So in those, in, in those days, um, I was working with artists like uh, Nicole C. Mullen, um, Salvador, Jackie Velasquez, Rachel Lampa, For Him, Point of Grace, you know, were some of some of those. Building 429 was just getting, you know, kind of coming onto the right, scene. Yeah. Uh, Down Here at that time was on Word Records. And oh, goodness, just just uh, Mark Schultz uh, was, you know, uh, another one. Just a lot of a lot of really um amazing artists and um, that were, I was just really, really blessed to kind of rub shoulders with and link arms with, honestly, from a marketing perspective, because it's, you, you step into, it's a whole different environment. You step into, okay, we're working together. Like this is our task. This is our goal. This is the product. And the product happens to be music of faith. It happens to be music with a message and there's something to say here. So we need to get this to the world. So then just Mm -hmm. the process, the marketing process of getting that out, which is then releasing singles. And what you hear on the radio is there's such a science behind it. There is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into the songs that you actually, that actually end up on the radio, you know, but um, so that was that world. Well, I know it's easy it would have to be easy. Let me put it that way to get pulled into the business side and, and maybe even to over the, the thoughts of faith and, and who we are as believers. And I just, I, I've seen that happen as from the outside looking in. Um, but we talked a little bit before the podcast and, and you mentioned one of the artists that you, you thought a great deal of. Who was that? Yes. Um, well, just in that discussion, the first that came to my mind was Nicole C. Mullen. Um, and she is just, she is just solid. She really is. And um, just a beautiful person inside and out. Um, lots of energy. And the thing I love so much about Nicole is we would spend time together. And, you know, a lot of artists, you, when they're around the label people, you know, it's all business and it's always like, okay, what's our next step? What's the next plan? What's the next thought? What's the next, you know, you're constantly working, you're constantly thinking and strategizing. And, and so, but with Nicole, she, I just remember this conversation and she was wanting to know about me. She was wanting to know my history, my family background. And I was like, wow, this is a refreshing conversation. (laughs) And (laughs) beyond that, she is a student of the word. She is in the word daily and memorizing scripture. And so she would rattle off 
chapters and verses. And I mean, you know, she is just very impressive in that way that, you know, she truly walks the walk, you know, of, of what she talks and what she sings. So Nicole was definitely, definitely uh, just a highlight, as well as one of the, I didn't even mention her name. I mean, Amy Grant. Amy Grant was at word. <laughs> and so <clears throat> she was, when I first got there, and Amy, of course, is such a genuine, authentic heart. I mean, what you see is what you get. And as much as from a promotional standpoint, you might try to shift that or kind of like help prepare. Here's what we kind of need you to, you know, express to, <laughs> to the world. She is going to be who she is. And, and, and it's beautiful. She is, you know, and, and so there's, I mean, just even, even in those years, she was already a veteran, already seasoned, already such a career artist, A-level artist. And so um, to step in even, you know, that was 20 years ago or more at that stage, still just the level of artist that she was, the humble heart that she has, very approachable. So just to just another uh, inspiration of just like, you know what, you we get these ideas of thinking, um, whatever we accomplish in life of thinking, okay, because I'm at this level, then I deserve this, or I should present myself this way. And she is the complete opposite. She is just like, so down to earth, so down to earth, very refreshing. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. Uh, she's one of my favorites, has been for decades. Um, in fact, one of my very first Christian albums ever was, I think, The Collection. And mm -hmm. so just an incredible, uh, incredible piece. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we want to focus in on our, our main topic here. And I could listen for a long time as you talk about music. But um, I, I think it's important, especially uh, having looked at your, your perspective from ministry and thinking about um, this new role, not new role. I mean, your your kids are 15 and 12. That's not new by any stretch, but you, they are in the heart of that youth ministry, student ministry time. And so that's what I wanted to, to find out from you. As a parent, what are you looking for in a youth pastor? That's, that's the heart of this conversation today. But before we even get to that, as a parent, raising children in our culture it, it can just be hard. So where do you find your strength for approaching that challenge that God has given you? Just as a parent? As a parent. As yeah. a parent. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, the word. I mean, that's where we have to get our strength, you know, and truth standing on the firm foundation of the word of God, because I can't do it on my own. And we can have, you know, um, I would just say the word first and foremost and um, prayer, lots of prayer, and just the Holy Spirit guiding me and opening my eyes to where I am failing, to where I need to step it up as a parent, where I need to maybe implement a little bit more discipline in areas, which is okay to do, parents. <laughs> it's uh, I keep reminding my kids, I own those phones. You do not. There you go. So those are on <laughs> loan to you. So, um, because I think it's easy to get to a place where we are now, even with, you know, 12 and 15 of thinking you kind of want to just throw your hands up sometimes and think, well, I have no power. I'm like, I can't even, I, I, you know, you throw your hands up and like, well, they're not listening to me 
Well, okay, let me go back to my role, that my God-given role. Hello, can I get an amen? Um, you know, my God-given role and then my husband's God-given role as mother, as father, and that we are to train them up. We are to train them in the way they should go, Scripture says. You know, we're to write these truths, you know, on our doorposts. We're to write them on our heart. And, and so we have to actively be doing that within our home. That is first and foremost. It comes back to me, my relationship with the Lord, my surrender to the Lord as a daughter of the King and then as a mom. And so I find myself in this constant reliance, which I think is a good place to be of just <laughs> this feeling of conviction because I'm not, you know, like, Lord, give me strength. Help me, help me do better in this area. Help me follow your way, you know, be slow to anger, quick to listen, loving, kind, you know, full of grace, um, you know, at the same time, you know, speaking truth and discipline and guidance and boundaries. So, um, man, the first thing I can't, I mean, it's just, it's the word of God. It's, it's, it's scripture, it's prayer. And then, then the next step is my husband. It's us linking arms and being on the same page. It's not all him and it's not all me. It's us together. We have to work together. Then beyond that, it's the church, God's design, right? It's then our community of faith. It's our community of believers. It's husbands and wives within our community that I trust and love that I'm like, hey, if you see my daughter stepping out a line, <laughs> you can go ahead and gently, you know, nudge her right back in. You know, if I'm not there, I, you know, we have that, we have that responsibility when we dedicate babies. We're like, hey, will you help us? raise this child? Will you help link arms with us as the body and help raise this child? It's not just on the parents. That's what the beauty of community uh, and church, you know, and then the youth group working together, uh, our youth workers and things. So, um, so yeah, I, I look at all those pieces when you ask, like, where do I find my strength? Where do I, what do I rely on? The word, prayer, my husband, and then our, our community of faith. Well, it's that community of faith that really is at the heart of this conversation because, you know, a youth pastor is, should be a partner with parents. And um, it's not a matter of taking over that role of being the parent for a child because they're not. Um, the parent is the primary disciple maker. And we'll keep sharing that same message every single time <laughs> that we yeah. have our podcast. But um, as a parent, what are you looking for then in a youth pastor? So our our story, where we are now, compared to like if I was to think ten years ago, my but but ten years ago my children weren't in youth ministry age, right? But what I would have looked for ten years ago is different than what I would look for now. And here and here's here's what I mean. What I grew up in, which I'm so thankful for, so so thankful for. You know, I, but ten years ago, I think I would have looked for more. Hey, I I want my kids to have a good time. I want my kids to be engaged, which I do. I want my kids to have a good time. I want them to have relationships. I want them to laugh. I want them to enjoy being in youth group. I want them to um, enjoy that time. You know, they're kids. Let them be kids. You know, let them have fun and be goofy and, you know, just have a blast. 
But where we are now, when we stepped into the mission season that we are now, this what we call assignment with our church, with South City Church and where God has us, when we first stepped in, there was only one little boy in that church. And he was maybe three or four, you know, And, and, and my girls, my girls were young. And so we were like, okay, Lord, we trust number one for you to be enough. So I started looking at it differently because I thought, you know what? Jesus is enough. Again, first and foremost, their discipleship starts with with me and my husband within our, the walls of our home. But so as they have grown up, like we and, and students had started coming to our church, our youth group was birthed out of these children that started coming to our church, you know? And so beautifully, I I would say the first thing that we were looking for, because we didn't have a youth pastor, we didn't have a youth group, you know, we had, we had a more like a children's ministry that was growing. And, um, and so then out of that, in the season where we had more youth group type age, honestly, the first thing that as we were praying, we didn't go looking for a youth pastor, we just honestly were praying, God, you stir someone's heart. And the first thing is av- someone who's available, you know, somebody who is available, <laughs> you know, I mean, when you, when you peel back all the layers of what you think, like job description, qualifications that you think are required to love a student, you know, I mean, if you've got somebody that loves the Lord, is a disciple of Jesus, and the number one thing in my mind is if they are available and willing to give of their time, to give of their heart, to give of what God has done in them to disciple, if you've got a, an available, willing disciple maker, I'm sold. You know, I mean, it's like all the other stuff just kind of melts away in that point because that's all that matters, right, to me. And so in this in this season, we have seen God bring, you know, in 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 our youth director um, a beautiful heart and for for students. And we could not have uh, we could not have sought out her. Like we could not. I, I just I believe with all my heart that God brought her to us. And and so now, you know, what what I would say I look for in a youth pastor or a youth, you know, worker, youth leader, um, again, someone willing and able, a disciple maker, she is it. She is it. And, and, and she is willing, she is available. And her number one passion is discipleship. And so that's, that's key because the world is offering fun and crazy. And I, and I want, they do have a good time, but I mean, trying to just kind of hone in on the main thing for me is um, a heart for discipleship, you know, continuing to encourage my children to be in the word, to be in the word and grow and nurture what we're trying to grow and nurture at home ourselves, being in the word every day, you know, pray without ceasing, help your children know like a conversation with the Lord is something that needs to be an ongoing thing, that relationship, you know, walking with the father. So honestly, that's, that's, that's kind of where, the the number one thing that I I look for or want, and I'm so so thankful and blessed that we have that. If somebody was saying, okay, a disciple maker, so what does that look like at South City then for your kids and in the ministry from your parental perspective? What mm-hmm. you've seen um, your your student ministry worker do there? What's that look like? 
Yeah. So it's weekly in the word. It's weekly, you know, scripture, digging into scripture. And, you know, there's different methods that you can kind of, you know, walk that out, whether, I don't know if you're familiar with the SOAP method or, you know, whatever you use, there's different things where you're just, you're reading like, okay, what is he, what's, what's, what's this saying? What is this scripture saying? And what does God want? What does God want us to see here? And, and then what is he calling me? How is he calling me to respond? It's really an active digging into the word and then talking about, I know like for our group, they're going through very, very practical issues. Like right now, they're actually going through, going through a book, you know, that really digs into their identity, you know, um, as, as boys and girls and God creating them very unique and their identity and, and who God says they are, you know, um, because these kids, they're faced with stuff that we were not faced with at their age, um, conversations and access to so much. And, and everybody that listens to this, if they're in, you know, mini, uh, youth ministry, I mean, they know that. Like, that's obvious. You're faced with that every single day, every week, or even, you know, parents. Um, we're bombarded with it. So I'm just thankful what that looks like for our students every week is they are, they're having large group discussion on very practical issues that they're facing. And then they're digging in the word. They're breaking up into groups, uh, sometimes boys uh, and girls separately, you know, to dig deeper into, into questions and conversations. And what does God say? Always going back to what does God say? What does God's word say? Um, because that is truth. What does God say about this? What does God, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, what you feel, what you're, whatever, what does God say? Um, always coming back to that. And, uh, and also encouraging what we're doing more even throughout our church is, is even smaller group, what we call triads. So encouraging students to get together like three, you know, like three students at a time. Because you see in scripture, you know, these different levels of groups and numbers, and then even Jesus, his inner circle, you know, and the Bible calls us to confess our sins to one another, to hold each other accountable, to um, spur one another on. You can't do that in a big group setting. You you can't know someone close enough. And so we're trying to cultivate, um, or they are every Wednesday night, they're trying to cultivate a culture and, and seeing the benefit of, hey, this matters. This is when I can really share. Because I know when I was in youth group, I just wanted, you want to be seen. Yeah. You want to be heard. You want to know that you matter. And you want to know that, man, somebody cares about the mess I'm walking through. Somebody cares. Um, and they're here to help guide me with direction to walk through it, you know? And I'm not alone. And, and so I think um, the discipleship model that's, that's happening when you're in a larger group and then breaking up and then even breaking it further down, you're encouraging these, these students to be open, to be honest, to be vulnerable, to trust one another and to dig into scripture and go back to truth. What does God say? You know, so that's, that's what discipleship looks like um, within our student group. As a parent, as you look past your daughter's graduation time when they're out of youth ministry. No, I can't do that. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I know it's tough. I know because no, uh, my wife okay. and I have stepped through some of those things. My my question is, um, what do you hope for them spiritually? Oh my goodness, I could get all emotional thinking about this. I just want them to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want them to love the Lord with every fiber of their being. I want them to know how much they are loved. I want them to know that God has a purpose for their life. I want them to know that um, their faith is not my faith. Their faith and their walk is not my walk and my journey or their dad's. You know, their faith is their own, their relationship with the Lord. We can guide them. We can encourage them to, you know, dig in the word daily and the importance of that, the importance of their mind being renewed because the world is just coming at them with lies, lies, lies every single day. So just to continue to pour that into them now. But my prayer is that they will then, that'll cultivate this hunger and thirst for truth, for the word, for time with the Father, because that's what we all need. If we don't have that, our foundation gets shaky really, really fast. And so I just, I want them to be sold out. You know, I remember being in youth group and, you know, back in the day we would always do musicals, you know, it was all about, you know, Hey, we're going to do, we're going to have a choir. We're going to do musical. And I remember this one we did um, called surrender and we had little white flags and we'd put up our white flag and, you know, we're like, Lord, I'm putting up my white flag. I'm sold out to you fully surrendered. That's what I want because that is the path to their best life. You know, people are always, oh, I'm going to live my best life. I'm living my best life. And usually from a worldly perspective, that's whatever I want, how I want it, when I want it, all these things, you know, me, 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 self, self, self. Well, my best life is when I lay it down. My best life is when I surrender to the creator who made me who I am with my giftings, my talents, my abilities to then walk that out and fulfill that for his purpose and so that's what I want for them. I want them to be so passionate about Jesus and the gospel and what that means in their life, for their life, and that it is so powerful that they can't help but that just those good works that they were created for, that they go do that. That's what I want. Listeners, that is the heartbeat of a parent. And so I just want to encourage you that as you work with your students to be available, to be willing to be a disciple maker and to help them love Jesus wholeheartedly. Lori, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I'll just be praying for your listeners. Thank you for what you do, Dan, and how you lead so well and you encourage um, youth pastors because we need them. Our students need them. Our, our, yeah. our This generation needs that direction and truth at home to be, you know, a support to parents. And so I just thank you for what you do. And, um, and just know I'll be praying for those listening, everybody that, that that's listening. Thank you for what you do. Keep the course and, uh, don't grow weary while doing good. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. (laughs) So don't grow weary. We're praying for you. Thank you. Don't grow weary. I, I love that. That word of encouragement from Lori. Because it is important. Don't go grow weary. Don't give up. Don't quit because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. 
Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.